2: gators breakdown because there's never a dull moment in gator nation
0: the gators breakdown podcast is ready to go i am your host david waters you can find me on twitter at GatorDave underscore sec all right let's move to the defensive side of the ball earlier this week we concentrated heavy on the offense with the quarterbacks and the scrimmage of course but this time, let's go back to the defensive side of the ball. We get to the defensive front, the defensive line, the edge positions with coaches, Sean Spencer, Mike Peterson, and players, Prince of Umami Ellen and Chris McClellan, looking to looking for some big years from those guys and another step up in this new look defense for the Gators under Austin Armstrong. But we get to hear from uh, some coaches, you know, we don't get to hear from often. Uh, last time was a year ago with Sean Spencer and Mike Peterson. So everybody hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already done so yet. If you're watching the replay, you can do so there as well. Subscribe to Gators Breakdown. Give us all that support right here on YouTube. That like helps everybody out there find Gators Breakdown even more. Your support really, really helps Gators Breakdown grow even more. And if you want, even if you want to support us even more, join Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description. That Discord server gets you access to conversations going on all day right there with some other Gator fans. Um, you can even talk other stuff out there besides football if you want to. So uh, a lot of stuff to get into on that Discord. Um, have a lot of fun uh, in, in there uh, talking to Gators Breakdown Plus members. So, all right, let's get to the defensive front here, and it's a different structure. Now, I think this was going to happen before the Patrick Tony Austin Armstrong transition Sean Spencer is now coaching the interior defensive line, and Mike Peterson is coaching the ends and the jack uh, edge position. So, of course, personnel will determine number of guys under each coach that will be on the field. You know, sometimes it'll be three of Spencer's guys up front, and other times it'll be two of his guys. And you know, on this mostly four man front, um, you know, three "quote unquote" down linemen in your edge jack position. Uh, either way, you know, we're looking at how it's broken up being a bit different instead of Spencer, like he did last year, coaching the strong side defensive end edge is going to mostly now be under uh, Mike Peterson there. So if you're looking at it, guys being coached by Spencer and now, you know, the edges by Peterson, Spencer will have guys, you know, Cam Jackson, Caleb Banks, Des Watson, Chris McClellan, Will Norman, while Peterson will have you know, more of the edge players, you're you're your princelys and your, your, your Powell Ryland and Jack Pyburn and, you know, Peterson more over now the defensive end type of players, your justice Boone, your Tyreek Sapp, freshman, Kelby Collins, Cam James, TJ Searcy. Now, you know, Colin and James, I think are, are their size. uh, I think they will be kind of moving along both. I mean, you heard uh, when we had the Gator Collective, um, Event before spring practice, Kelby Collins was telling us he's moving all over the, the defensive line. So, yeah, I can see him and Cam James kind of moving back and forth uh, just a bit under both of these coaches, but does sound like mostly defensive end Edge Collins, Cam James, TJ Searcy. Uh, so, kind of how it was broken up now this year. A uh, change that, like as I said, I think it was happening anyway uh, before the Patrick Toney move to the NFL, and Austin Armstrong taking over. So, all right, let's get into it. Let's start on the interior with Sean Spencer, Chris McClellan, and Prince Yuma and on the experience and the depth on the defensive interior. I'm not
1: new to the defense anymore, right? So it's mm-hmm. not like I'm I'm teaching new defense to guys. Uh, I've been in this system now. I know what the expectation is. So it's going to be more. So, it, so now when we got these guys in here, the expectation is even higher, you know, so that like they've been in the system another year. And, you know, I know I got new guys, but there's some carryover from what Cam did at Memphis and what Caleb did at Louisville. There's some carryover. So we're looking forward to it. We've added some depth, you know, um, which was kind of a problem last year when you have uh, G. Uh, Dexter playing that, that many snaps, you know, that's you know, it's not good for him, it's not good for us. You know, he did it, you know, um, but now we have a lot more depth. You know, uh, you got the, the freshman coming in, and then we also got two transfers in mm-hmm. uh, Caleb Banks and Cameron Jackson will be really, really helpful for us. Um, they've shown a lot of stuff early on, and we're really excited about them.
3: And Chris was talking about some of them the other day. He said Cam Jackson's like a 6'7". Guy who moves like a wide receiver—that might be a little exaggerated. It is. He can
1: move, though. He yeah, can yeah. move. He's very, very limber. I mean, uh-huh. he can move. He's got great balance, um, strong at the point of attack. Uh, for, for a guy that's six foot seven, I mean, this guy can move. I mean, he's pretty impressive.
3: And Caleb to- Banks was didn't get a ton of action mm-hmm. at Louisville. Yeah, but what upside do you see in him?
1: tremendous athlete. I mean, he's almost six foot six. He's 315 pounds. He can bend, touch the ground. I mean, it's easy. He's a basketball player, so it's he's a natural athlete. I mean, he's exciting to watch right now. He moves like a little guy. Okay. Des
3: Watson, were you looking for his development year one,
1: year two Well, there was the first play of I commended him here uh, in front of the guys. The first play of team, he ran 40 yards down the field. Yeah, you know, he's the biggest man on the field. He ran down the field. He sets the tone. So, if you're running behind him, then something's wrong with you, right? So, he sets the tone. And he's a guy that, you know, knows the game really well. Very, very smart football player. Uh, can take it from the classroom to the field very quickly. Um, so we're looking for him to continue to be in that role, and it's tremendous competition. So, you know, competition makes him play a lot harder. Will's a great athlete, man. You know, again, another guy that transferred over from playing basketball, and really young to the game of football, right? At the time, he was one of the better basketball players, coming up like in 8th and ninth grade, and then morphed over to football, and he's really ascending right now. He's Still figuring it out, you know, because you know the the freshman anticipation of a guy just coming out and playing right away is tough. It's grown men out there, you know, but he wants to be good. You know, he's smart. He wants to be good. He works hard, and he's got great a great attitude. My familiarity with Will, you know, I mentored him when I was at the New York Giants, so I've known Will for a very very long time. So it's really nice to see him mature into a football player. Now I'm hard on him, you know, and 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 he he expects me to be hard on him, but he can take it because he knows it comes from a great place. So correcting the mistakes it's really really I'm just teaching them from scratch so it's nice it's like molding like clay.
4: I see it every day it's crazy because it was just me a year ago but all the new freshmen coming in they got the same mindset that I had like hard workers they acclimating well like just like today like you know it's our first day back from spring breaking and it was a little drop off like you could barely tell.
3: Kelby what do you like about him?
4: Kelby is a hard player and he's smart I really I really like that like he's a very smart player at a young age which is you know, very resourceful. Mm
3: hmm. About that, uh, Cameron Jackson, what are
4: your thoughts? He good, good rusher. You know, he eager to learn. You know, a real humble kid. So I respect that about him.
3: He, he moves well for his size, don't he? Oh,
4: yeah, he moved for six, seven. He moving
5: around. I ain't gonna lie, he like a receiver. It's yeah. crazy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, very agile? Yeah, very agile. Okay. I think it, it benefits a lot. You know, they're gonna have a lot of rotation, so it's gonna be a lot of fresh guys on the field. And I think it also helps that room out a lot because now, Um, You know, we were thin last year, but now it's a lot of guys in there. So it's going to be a lot of competition. So guys are going to have to compete and, you know, bring their A game every practice.
3: How tough was that last year in terms of the snap counts? And ideally, what would you want to play in terms of, of that?
5: What would I want to play?
3: Yeah, in terms of snap counts
5: and stuff like that. You know, I think I've gotten to a point where I can play, you know, as many as I can a game, you know what I'm saying? But last year, I know G took a lot of, a heavy toll on his body last year because we didn't have a lot of depth. But I know those guys are, aren't going to have that issue this year because we have a lot of guys, and, and they're all, you know, talented. So uh, a lot of them should be playing this season.
0: All right. It was well chronicled last year um, that – because of lack of depth, proven depth behind Jervon Dexter, that he was the one that suffered, played too many snaps, played too many snaps injured. I mean, he was dealing with a minor back injury last year and was having to go out there and play 60 snaps a game. Uh, So that was, you know, he was the one that suffered. Now, at the same time, I do think, you probably could have been still a bit better, uh, but he was playing out of position at times as well, getting double teamed, just way too many snaps out there for Jervon Dexter Uh, out of 932 of Florida's defensive snaps last year, he appeared in 682. Fourth most among all power five defensive linemen and 11th most among FBS players at the position. So that equals out to about 52 a game. But of course, you know, you had some games where the Eastern Washington game, for example, where you know he doesn't need to play a whole lot. Uh, So in the SEC games, the big games, he was out there entirely way too much just because he had to be. You know, Spencer mentioned his top guys should be seeing about 45 plays a game. That would be the ideal snap count that he'd like to see his top players or just his players in general out there playing. 45. Dexter averaged, you know, 52, you know, seven more than that, but there were many games where he was at the six, you know, around the 60 mark, way too many times. So as we know, Florida needed to build some depth up front through the transfer portal. Add to the development of Des Watson and Chris McClellan, Cam Jackson, my biggest portal get overall. You know more so than Micah Mazuka on the offensive side, and this staff. You know they have a reputation of of developing offensive line, and, and there was some depth all you know already there. So at the very least, for the offensive line, you you had some options. That's why I thought Cam Jackson was the biggest get. You know defensive line I think needed. More playmakers, more depth. Jackson's that dude. I mean, I think he's going to be a force up front for Florida. I love what I saw from him at Memphis. He's getting double-teamed and triple-teamed at that level. And you hear, you, you hear all the talk about him, is just how athletic he is. And add in what you're hearing about Caleb Banks, now the Gators, are, they've got two players. In the portal, that can just move. Very athletic on the defensive front. Banks, 6'6". Six, six. Jackson, 6'7". Six, These guys are garnering the reputation of just bringing some athleticism to the position. Banks being able to do so after transforming his body from 255 to 300. I mean, it, it, he is a completely different player than what he was at Louisville already. So I know, as you heard, there's not a lot of playing time at Louisville, but he's a different player. Different player than what he was there. So, and now you hear that he's at 300 and still being able to move, give you know, and give Florida some position size at the same time. So athleticism with the size up front for these two transfers—that's that's big. That is big. Hopefully, it pays off uh, for Sean Spencer being able to concentrate more on this interior group and especially these these transfers because you heard him say, "Hey, look, the things that they were doing at their previous stops have translated really well to what we're doing at the same time." Look, of course, a lot of the defenses out there are kind of similar in what they want to do, what they're asking their players to do, and especially in the you know the interior. So, also great to hear Desmond Watson giving that full effort, still you know battling his body weight. We talked about you know Banks, that was kind of a, a reason he came along uh, here to Florida. Uh, Keontae Goodwin on the offensive side of the ball, you know that reputation for Florida transforming bodies, and it's still working uh, with Des Watson, but that's not him. That's not stopping him. Here in spring practice, we're giving his full effort. You heard Sean Spencer say, hey, if you're behind him, he's sitting there chasing down a play. If you're behind him, there's something wrong with you you, You've got to give the effort that he's showing that he's going to give no matter what he's battling in, in these weight issues and his body transformation issues. He's not letting that stop him from giving it his all. So him, of course, being able to stay on the field more gives Florida that depth so they can split reps among this group. Of, of Banks and Jackson, Watson, McClellan. I mean, we're going to hear, as long as those guys are healthy, I, I like that four-man rotation. I really, really do. And those guys will be on the field a lot on the same time as well. But at least there are some options now to start rotating. You know, it's not, you know there's some other options there too, but those are the players. Those four, you know, those are the ones I'm really looking outstanding standing out from this group. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jalen Humphreys, you know, there as well. Been on campus uh, a, a good bit. Can he... Maybe break through a bit more, give Florida some you know, five guys here that they can really count on, and that's just guys with experience, guys who have been on the roster, not counting you know uh, some of the true freshmen like Will Norman that, that, that we just heard about. Man, we've seen it in recent history where Florida has had to force some true freshmen in on the field, way, way, way before they should be, should have been. And while Will Norman's garnering some playing time this spring, like he should as an early enrollee, get get his feet wet. As long as everybody stays healthy, you shouldn't have to force him in. Jervon Dexter in 2020, granted, you know, five-star, all the potential in the world, but probably forced in a bit more than he had to be. That first game in 2020, the COVID year, Fawkes on the road, opening versus Ole Miss, and there's Jervon Dexter. I believe he started that game. Now there were some other issues that that led to that. You know, some players not being, being available, but still Fodus never been in that position to begin with. I mean, this, this this interior of the defensive line has been an issue for years now. In 2020, especially with Dervon Dexter, true freshman out there. You know, you'd like to have your true freshmen out there because they have proven they need to be out there by maybe passing up some guys, not forcing them in just because you don't have the depth, the other playmakers to go along with them. Chris McClellan last year absolutely had to contribute. We just heard about all the depth issues. He was out there at cause of necessity. And we made some plays early on. I mean, that, that you know, early on. I mean, he—I really, really liked what I saw uh, from him as and growing as a player. He was making plays in that Tennessee game early in the season. But Norman now has guys in front of him to learn from and get the main reps, so he can come along develop. And That's a very, very hard position to come along in the SEC and expect to go out there and 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 and, and contribute in a, in a positive way over and over again. It, it's hard to do. It's very hard to do. So one player just mentioned that we are looking for this big sophomore jump. That is Chris McClellan. I'm I'm high on this kid. Very high on just that sophomore jump. Started playing last year. Snaps as a true freshman. Game one versus Utah. Played in all 13 games as a true freshman. 23 tackles, seven of them solo. Two and a half tackles for loss one-and-a-half sacks, a fumble recovery. So here's Spencer and Chris McClellan himself on his development going on to year two. You have a guy like Chris McClellan who's played, right? Um,
1: You know, he's played a lot of reps, right? So... What can happen? That's good and bad, right? So does he get complacent with that? and He hasn't. What he's done is he's trying to take the next step because he knows he's got to improve and he kind of played because we didn't have that depth. Now, did he earn the right to play? Yeah, he earned the right to play, but now he knows in order to sustain that right to play, he's got to take his game to the next level and that's what he's done. What's his, his potential? Well, I mean, potential right endless, right? So, I mean, it's, it's just it's a word we throw around, but it's endless, right? So, he's got all – he's got the physical tools. He's strong, strong lower body. He can pass rush. He can hold the point. He's 320 pounds. He's got broad shoulders. He might not fit through that door. But uh, he's got broad shoulders, great lower body. So, we're excited about him. What are you really hammering in with
2: him that he needs to work on to take his game? Technique.
1: That- you know, I, I think sometimes freshmen get away with – like, he makes a couple plays, right? Tennessee he makes a couple plays. Georgia, Games. He makes a couple plays. And sometimes you can get confused with making those plays and not having great technique. I'm not saying on those plays he didn't, but in order for him to get where he needs to get to, he's got to continue with the technique.
4: Well, going into year two, you know, of course, I done got bigger, stronger, faster, just being in the identity program for the second time. So I feel I feel way stronger, way faster and smarter. Like, you know, everything is slowed down for me. Like last year, once in my first spring, it was like, You know, it was boom, 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 boom. Now it's like, okay, I know what to expect. So now I know I got to do this to get this result. So
3: just last year, what, in your opinion, you think you did from a physical and a conditioning standpoint that really put you in a position to have a good freshman season?
4: Uh, Honestly, just coming in like with like a hardworking mentality, like, you know, I knew I was coming into a good situation, but I didn't let that, like, sway my mindset. I just was going to work hard, just like the example that was set by the guys in front of me and around me.
3: How much did you – was it communicated to you that there would be an opportunity to play as a freshman, and how much did that kind of align with what you were told last
4: year? Uh, Yes, sir. There was – There was the, you know, when they first came to me in that in-home visit, you know, Coach Napier and, and Coach uh, – Coach DeLuke definitely told me, like, they was going to need me. So I had to be, you know, kind of mature and, and come in, like, ready to play. So, yes, sir. What was, the, what
2: was the hardest thing to learn last year as a
0: freshman?
4: Really just, it wasn't anything difficult to learn. It was more just getting up to speed with the game, you know, because high school ball and college is two different things, especially in the SEC. So the speed of the game was, like, the the main
0: difficulty for me. But once I got adjusted to it, it was – natural just football just football just football from chris mcclellan and certainly has the right frame of mind uh now taking that experience from last year not new he's not new this year he can hit he can hit spring run you know on the ground running now you're pairing that with with the body transformation that that happens just naturally, as a, as, a, as a true freshman to a sophomore, he's bigger, faster, stronger, while the game should be slowing down for him now. And I, I like the little callback to his recruiting from, from Billy Napier and Jabbar Jalup because, I mean, this was a guy who was committed to the previous staff, and we wondered, was, would he stay in this class? Being from Oklahoma, and some of the guys that he was committed with at Florida ended up going to Oklahoma You know, Evers and and what Gibson, the the receiver, I believe. And, you know, wondered, would McClellan also flip to Oklahoma, being the home state and being some guys that he was committed with at Florida? Would he also make that flip? And he didn't. You know, good job by the staff here. Um, And that was the storyline that we were certainly watching. And good sell by the staff here to get Chris McClellan in his class because I, I, I expect him to be a really good player here for Florida in the coming years and starting this year. So excited to see his growth and, and what that means for him. He's going to be a better player. He's going to be on the field more. They're going to count on him. And you kind of – like he wasn't thrust into the action as a true freshman. You heard Sean Spencer say he, he earned it too – but he wasn't necessarily thrust into it like a like a Dervon Dexter in 2020. So he was able to, to come along, made some plays in some games last year and some big games. So looking forward to, to his growth. He, he's one player I'm really keeping an eye on up front to you know to see what development means for him. You know, physically, mentally, he should just be um, tied to, to me a, a monster up front. You know, and the, the position he plays, you're not going to be wrapping up a whole ton of tackles and all that. Can you do your job? You know, Can you eat up blocks and open up some tackles opportunities for the for, for, for the linebackers behind you? Some of the edge players. Can you create some pressure up at the middle when rushing to pass and, and passing down situations? You know, it doesn't all have to be the edge players. The defensive end's going and creating pressure. Can you create some more pressure up the middle? Does Chris McClellan become a better player there? So absolutely things I'm looking for for him and maybe different different points that we're looking at of the growth of him. All right, we're going to move now to the edge. But before we do, one more reminder. Coming up this Monday, April 3rd, the Clay County Gators event with head coach Billy Napier. They invite you this coming Monday, April 3rd, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Thrasher Horn Center in Orange Park. Tickets are only 20 bucks. There'll be some merch. There'll be some raffles. I'll be there as well. Hopefully trying to set up a, a, a live stream before the event starts. Do a little episode from head coach Billy Napier coming to Clay County. One more time, this coming Monday, April 3rd, so not much longer, 6 to 8 p.m., come join us. Come have fun. Come see the head coach of your Florida Gators up close. There'll be, um, you know, he'll he'll do his little spill. There'll be a question and answer format as well from the fan base there. So if you want to ask the head coach a question, you may even get an opportunity to do that. This coming Monday, April 3rd, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Thrasher Horn Center in Orange Park. Link is in the description to get your tickets. All right, let's go to Mike Peterson. Princely, Yuman Miela. And what those guys have to say about now this, this, you know, this edge position. But here's Mike Peterson and Princely on... Prince's growth in this defense and under Mike Peterson.
2: Prince's, he's changed his body. Um, he, I've been really, really, really impressed with, him. Um, you know, we we all know we can do everything on the field. Um, you know, we've been talking about the things away from football, you know, taking care of your body, um, you know, how to watch tape, you know, what are you watching, yeah, your eyes. And, and man, it's, it's been great, you know, every day. Uh, I could pull a clip where he's playing, wherever you watch practice today, he, he's running all the way down the field. He's the first one on the field, one first first one at practice, you know. So just those little things, and, and I, I talked to him about becoming a pro. You know, if you was a pro player, what would you do? You know, you're not the last one in, you know, in the building. You're the first one in, the last one to leave. And he's accepted it, and, um, and you've seen some of the results of that in practice. What went to his position change and just making a switch for man? Um... I don't know, about want to get into all the specifics. But um, he's a guy that can do a lot of things for you on defense. Huh? A guy with that size, you know, he's able to drop in the coverage. Um, he can definitely can rush the passer. We've been talking about showing everybody that he can. He can also play the run. Um, so, you know, he has all the tools. You know, uh, you know, my job is the co- as the coach is just kind of fine tune those things. You know,
1: was that something he embraced, or did you have to like show oh, him? No, the
2: no, he he embraced it. Man, he's a great kid, man. You know, he's a great kid, man. I I enjoy coaching. You know what I mean? He's not as talkative as you probably think he is. You know, he's a little more quiet. You know, a lot of times he may seem like he's not engaged or paying attention, but he's, he's sucking it all in. looking lean, man. Yeah, I people have been telling me that. Okay, what, what happened? <laughs> um, shoot, I just been...
5: You just been... wearing
3: tighter clothes or you...
5: <laughs> nah, I've just been, um, trying to, you know, fix my diet, like cut out a lot of sugars and I've been eating a lot of protein and things like that lately. Just trying to you know, get my body ready. What's been what's, the hardest? But thing but to what is? Up
3: but yeah, like just what has changed? I and mean, what's your body mass?
5: Um, Are you quicker? So we get we get the deck. I got to do a DEXA scan like next week where I get my fat and stuff like that. But I know I've I can tell just looking in the mirror that I've probably gained some muscle and lost a lot of fat. So, quicker? Yeah, I feel I feel a little faster. Yeah.
3: Okay. How's that translating as far as the edge is concerned? Because mm. you're working out there, or how do you think that could?
5: Um, I think. I think it's, it's good. I mean, yeah, because I, now I have to, you know, guard tight ends and things like that. So I think it's good that I lost um, lost a, a lot of my body fat to better fit that position. And I'm still working on gaining muscle mass because right now I'm about 245, I'm trying to get up to like 255, 250. What
4: are the,
3: What's the pass coverage responsibilities like for you?
5: Um like what are they? Like
3: I mean just like
5: how's that going? Oh it's it's going good. You know, I don't I don't worry about too much guarding people man to man. Sometimes I'll have to tighten in man to man, but uh as far as passing goes, it, it's it's really simple. Like it hasn't changed. Like I played F last year and I would do like a lot of zone dropping and it's kind of the same thing. I drop a lot more, but it's like the same thing essentially.
3: What's his defense like?
5: Um, to be honest is not not much has changed you know it's just some of the calls have changed but he hasn't changed too much on the defense I,
3: but I'm hearing it might be a little bit more aggressive attacking it's oh
5: yeah um you know that's just something that he that he implies every meeting and he's implied since he got here that he wants us to be more aggressive and you know strike every time we get the chance
3: and what's he how's he kind of express that
5: loud (laughs) yeah he's a big energetic guy
3: you had a really strong end of the season last year How, how do you go about carrying that momentum into this year for
5: yourself uh you know i i just try to um this season focus on um having pro habits like especially outside of practice just trying to get more sleep eat better and just have better habits go watch and film more and just things like that so i can you know take off this next season how do you feel like the health stuff is impacting you in practice so far? It's it's impacting me a lot in a in a positive way. You know, I've been I haven't felt as tired and just yeah, it's helped my stamina a lot. The run stops a, a big area of
4: emphasis for you guys this year?
5: Definitely. You know, we play in the SEC and a lot of teams, you know, run the ball, you know, it's not like the Big 12 where we're throwing the ball every down, but yeah, he's been emphasizing that a lot. That's why he emphasizes the aggression because um stopping the run is a big part. You know, you don't get to get to third down unless you stop first or second down.
2: learn more at marines.com
0: All right, Princely you on the yellow out there and Mike Peterson and look it's, it's something new this year Mike Peterson coaching Princely and Princely doing this position change now I think he'll still line up at that strong side defensive end spot here or there but not as much as he did last year and now more of the edge and you've heard uh, him transforming his body to be- to fit that position a bit more and probably fit that position a bit better. Anyway, look, he really come on at the end of last season after, uh, after a come to Jesus moment with Sean Spencer somewhere mid towards, you know, midway of the season came on uh, after that, you know, so probably some of the, the sound bites there probably lend itself to that uh, of Prince, you know, just becoming the player he needs to become maturing, being out there to be able to be out there on the field more. Now a position change to be out there on the field more. And not six tackles, one solo and that you know a half tackle for loss in the the last game that mattered, you know the, the, the FSU game there. Uh, you know six tackles in, in the last regular season game last year, you know, five tackles and a tackle for loss at Vanderbilt. So 11 tackles total in the last two games of the season. Two tackles, a half sack, two quarterback hurries in the victory over South Carolina. And then you go back to the week before that when we were looking at his defense actually playing a bit better, he was pro-football-focused, highest-graded edge rusher in Week 10 when Florida went to Texas A&M and got that huge win. Earlier in the season, he set career highs, six tackles, four solo, three tackles for loss, and another and a sack versus Missouri. So, Princely you know, that, that, that high mark earlier in the season versus Missouri, and then come on at the end of the season, 11 total tackles in the last two games, the last four games altogether, the AM, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, FSU games really come on. And we, we did see better defense, especially from that edge group, Princely, Antoine Powell, Ryland did get better, created more havoc, and even in the FSU game, just could not finish the deal. He yeah, got in the backfield plenty of times. Should have had Jordan Travis at least a couple times to help Florida in that game. Got back there. Maybe a point of emphasis this spring is finish the drill. Do your job, finish the drill. Make that tackle once you get in position to do so. And maybe that helps Princely being in this new position to be able to do that. It means total season stats, 39 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks pair of fumble recoveries. And I like this move to more of a true edge would get his body type in a better position. He just seemed a little undersized for that defensive end position at times. And, and I think now that he's slimmed up even more gives him an advantage and also just adds depth. You, you, we, we, you, you guys remember when we were previewing in the spring before the spring and looking at this edge position, it was Antoine Powell Ryland and a lot of inexperience. Well, now you got Princely there to give even more depth at the edge spot with Powell Ryland. With players now, as a combo with those two guys, has played a good bit of snaps. So, third and long in situations, you know, you now have a more slim Princely, more athletic Princely who can cover, who can rush the passer on the the field at the same time as Powell Ryland. We saw it last year, but not as. Both as the pass rushers are supposed to be now in this aggressive new defense, so I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see that now and, and how much that changes things. But speaking on this edge position and a little bit of depth, here's more from Mike Peterson on Antoine Powell, Ryland, and Jack Piper.
2: He's growing up. Uh, that's that's the that's the beauty in, in, in coaching. You know, when you when you get them in there, they, they're raw. Uh, maybe quiet, maybe a little shy, a little timid, and you, and you see the, the progress in him, you know, becoming the leader. Um, he's another one doing all the right things. And, and not that they they was not doing it last year, just didn't know. It. You know, I, I give all kids the benefit of the doubt of not knowing. Uh, he was one of those kids that just didn't know. and he's, he's accepted it. And you know, him and Prince, you know, I, I, I ride him hard, man. And I told him, mm-hmm. I had to tell Prince, I said, now if the group is not doing something right, I'm not going to get on. Um, the younger guys, I'm going to call you out. And they've accepted that.
3: Where do you see Jack Pyburn at right now in terms of his development and what's kind of maybe the next thing for him that he's? he's
2: Hard-nosed, physical, want to meet every day, want to work out every day, man. A guy like Jack Pyburn, you got to love him. You know, he's he's always want to meet with me one-on-one. Just told me, hey, coach. We're going to meet tomorrow, Jack. Um, so, you know, you, it, everything, you, everything you've seen in the recruitment process, you see it on the field. Um, his role, he's definitely going to have a role um, on the team. You know, right now it's it's the spring ball. Everybody's trying to define their role. Um, you've seen him last year. He had a chance to get out there on special teams. You know, I coach a phase of the kickoff unit, and he's one of my guys. I got penciled, run down, and, <laughs> and you know, smack somebody. So I'm excited about him on kickoff already.
0: There we go. And Piper's been dealing with an injury lately. I know he missed um, uh, one of the recent practices and did not participate in the scrimmage. So hopefully get him back soon. But, you know, th- this interview was not too long. So he's been on the field, just hopefully back on the field pretty soon, looking for looking for his growth as a depth piece at this edge position. But mostly, of course, to back up Eumon Mielin and Powell Ryland. And Powell Ryland, look, took advantage of Brenton Cox's dismissal, starting with that Texas A&M game. Six tackles, one sack, one forced fumble in that game. Recorded a sack and a forced fumble. And uh, versus FSU, had career best six tackles, tied his career best there in that in that Vanderbilt game. Three solo. How much of a jump can he make? I mean, does he have to do it by himself now with princely moving over? But you, you you hope with another year of experience, and more snaps on the field. He puts it together even more, and once again, in this new aggressive defense, to me that is going to rely a lot, a lot on Eman Mielin and Powell Ryan. And this aggressiveness, we've heard it time and time again from Austin Armstrong and from other players and, and, and this defensive staff, where you know they're they're going to leave their secondary players on the island just a bit more, and create more havoc up front. And honestly. That starts with these edge rushers, these pass rushers. You mind me, Ellen Powell, Ryland, to go and do their job and get home because they don't get home in this aggressive style defense that's going to lend itself to some big plays. And with Powell Ryland, I mean, I like the I like his propensity to cause turnovers and cause havoc back there. I mean, with as much havoc and pressure we like or we hear that Armstrong likes to bring. So there be an opportunity for even more turnovers from Powell Ryland? I think so. I think so. All right, let's finish it up right here. Mike P on some of the freshmen that he's got under his wing this spring.
2: Ton of potential. I mean, if if you know you can add TJ Cersei to that group also, okay. you know, I I got three young guys, man, that's kind of like, I don't know, exciting to coach. If, you know, anybody around me that's been around me, they can – they probably going you know, to attest to this. You know, I feel really, really good about my group. Now, you know, you can take out the – what they can do on the field. I'm taking that out. But I'm just talking about more sort of type of people, the type of players that they are. You know, and, you know, you had a chance to see it during the recruitment process. So, I'm, you know, I, I shouldn't be surprised. You know, the parents of all three of those kids, you know, it's like, you know, if, you know the fruit don't fall too far from the tree.
0: Kelby Collins, Cameron James, TJ Searcy there. That's the ones he's talking about. And as I mentioned, you know, Kelby and, and Cameron on the bigger side, seriously more of that true edge. But now with, 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 with uh, Peterson, you know, taking over edges, so the defensive end and this Jack outside linebacker edge rush position, he's got freshmen under his wing now. And so, or these three freshmen under his wing. So, Excited. I mean, Harvard, great things about Kelby Collins so far. Just kind of how mature that he, how mature he is already at this stage, and TJ Searcy really coming along this spring as uh, showing his speed and athleticism at this edge position. May find himself uh, be being able to crack this rotation behind human Miel and and Power It Would be awesome, you know, if he can come along. Not once again, not forced out there because Florida has some options here. Florida has some options here at edge to start with. But now him coming along, too, uh, and, and if Pyburn's going to miss a little bit of time this spring, then maybe, you know, opens up more of an opportunity for somebody like TJ Sears to get more reps and come along faster. You know, Florida does a great job with reps anyway in the spring practice format and, and, and how they, you know, with all the all the walk-ons and just kind of the format of practice of being able to go station to station and get all the reps. He'll be getting plenty of reps anyway, but maybe even more so now uh, with, 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 you know, just some – Injuries there at the edge position with Pyburn missing, you know, the the scrimmage in, in the previous practice before that. So, Mike P, right there with those freshmen, Kelby Collins, Cameron James, T.J. Searcy. Excited to see the growth of those guys. I think th- there's still plenty of opportunity. Well, we've mentioned the veterans, but still plenty, especially you know these guys highly recruited as they were. And just the position that they're playing and finding themselves in, they're, they're, there's an opportunity. And Cameron Jackson, of course. You know, I'm, uh, the, the transfer of him and Caleb Banks, but you know, Justice Boone uh, as well. We heard from him earlier this spring. Much of a jump they say does he make now? I mean, I'm I'm looking for just a natural development of this defensive front to really just make these guys better. You brought in some transfers that have some experience that have as you heard Sean Spencer say, experience in similar defenses, so it should translate pretty well. But also just the the natural growth of young players Powell Ryland and and, and Justice Boone and Tyreek Sapp. You know, Tyreek Sapp, of course, was somebody I was really high on last year, and somebody, you know, would probably flash more in the spring than he did in the season. Uh, but what does to me I'm expecting, you know, so much of a jump in this group, you know, what does better play around some of these players mean for, for a particular player does bringing in these transfers does princely move in, does Powell Ryland taking another step? Does it help somebody like Tyreek Sapp at the same time? And maybe he was that player. I thought he could be last year, but just given some of the the deficiencies around him, just maybe playing out of position at times, having to play a position just because, and now, playing in a more advantageous situation, do we see a, a, a jump from him that maybe we should have saw last year? But maybe we see it more this year. A new guidance under a, de- a new defensive coordinator. Better play around him. So the natural progression of a, yeah, as I mentioned, a, a Chris McClellan as well. And Jamari Lyons is another player we haven't really spoken a whole lot about, but Sean Spencer has some good things to say about him. He was too heavy last season. At 3.30, he's now 3.18, so I should go on to help him a bit more. And look, that's what happens with some young players. It's some, it just takes a little bit longer for body development. So now Jamari Lyons is mine we didn't hear too much about. Another depth piece for this Gators up front. So, right, there we go. Defense of front, your interior, your edges. Right there with Sean Spencer, Mike Peterson. Dishing on these players. Fun episode here. Fun episode. I'm really looking forward to the growth of this group, and just I, they're going to be better. They they real they they are. How much? How does this aggressiveness from Austin Armstrong help this group as well? I feel better about this group than I did a year ago. I I, I really do. Even with Jervon leaving, I, I feel better about this group. Maybe maybe some orange and blue glasses there, but I think there's plenty of reason to feel some optimism in this defensive front group. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. And thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown.